Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Hey everybody, guess what? I'm disrupting the network marketing, or also known as the multi-level marketing industry as well. ATS Network, it is the brand newest multi-level marketing company that's getting so much media attention and breaking records all over the world. Why? I'll give you six reasons why. For one, it's free to join. That's right. If you want to make money with us, you don't have to pay a dime to join us. Number two, there's no auto ship. That means there's nothing that I'm charging you. And there's also no customer volume requirement. That means you don't have to order $199 worth of a product to get this, whatever, right? If you want all your residual income, it costs you nothing per month whether it be auto ship or customer volume requirements for you to get in here. Number three, you don't have to pay monthly for your website. That's right. No $24.95 a month or all this stuff like that. Number four, there's no obligation or any incentive for you to recruit anyone. Now, I probably should have led with that. Let me say that again. 
I have the only network marketing company in the world in which you don't have to go out and get three to get three, get three, get three, and all that stuff like that. No recruitment whatsoever. Your mom, your grandmother, or the lady next door can do this. Number five, you never have to get promoted or recruit anyone to the to get the highest level of residual income. Since I don't have distributors and since I don't require you to recruit anyone, guess what? The moment you come in, you can get topped level residual income. And finally, you only have to be an active customer to make money with the company. Check out the show notes, probably the first link, Antonio T. Smith Jr. If you want to be one of the 100,000 millionaires that I want to create, this is where you should be, ATS Network. Link is in the show notes. Love you. You can plant better. You can dominate. Welcome to the Secret to Success Podcast. My entire goal with this podcast is to give you value. That is it. I am not interested in you buying from me. If you want to, you can, but that is not the goal here. If you, I do want you to go to the show notes for people that I interview because I do want you to buy from them or at least follow them. But I'm telling you, I am on a mission to create 100,000 millionaires. This podcast is part of that. Do yourself a favor and get everything that you deserve. Period. Point blank. I want you to get that in this podcast, whether it be keynotes for me or interviews, millionaires, billionaires, it doesn't matter because we can't teach you anything you don't already know. You just forgot because the world made you forget. I love you. You got this. You're going to get this. This is your moment. This is you. Take notes. Listen to me on your commute. I don't care what you do, but this is yours. I do this for you. Like, if you're on a different platform, share it, subscribe to it, share this, because there's not many people out here doing this here. Got this. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited for this podcast episode. As you all know, I've been interviewing people, but there's got to be some really good people with some really good energy and, of course, some clout, but that's not the number one requirement. The requirement here is energy. So I'm going to do two things. I'm going to introduce our next guest, and I'm also going to let her introduce herself. So just in case you're listening, and if you're a podcasting professional like myself, I'm going to do a crappy introduction because I want her to do the super good introduction, okay? (laughs) That's on purpose. Now, people call her Pat. That's probably her friends in the circle like me. People call me Tony. Patricia, now make sure I got this right, Rombaletti. Did I get that's it? it. It's Did perfect. I get that right? Let's see, one syllable at a time. See? One that's right. That's time. exactly right. <laughs> that's it. I've been stalking her for weeks. She's got this new book coming out called Bulletproof Your Career. I'll let, we're going to talk about that a lot. But here's what I really, really like about her the most. She has seriously become addicted to adding value. She's been a TED Talk person. And, of course, all of you know that's a hard thing to do in itself. But the most important thing I want my audience, you guys, to understand that Miss Patricia is about adding value. And so there, there, there it is. Patricia, you can cuss if you want to. You can talk if you want to. I don't care one bit, but go ahead and tell my audience about you. Yeah, thank you. Well, um, I'll tell the most important part, and thank you for a kind introduction so far. So um, I was 
34 years in sales. I won't. I shouldn't tell all these years because everybody will think how old am I. Um, but uh, and then 18 years though as a retained executive recruiter. And a few years back, I could see that the way I like to describe it um, is that the companies were starting to wear the black hats and the candidates starting to wear the white hats and be the good guys. Um, And so I switched sides. Um, And now I'm working with um, uh, corporate, corporate folks to help them understand what goes on behind the hiring curtain. And um, and I use my bulletproof uh, system to help them kind of get through a system which, quite honestly, is pretty much rigged and is very very frustrating to work through. So that's my passion, and my passion also is um, to get people to understand that they must take control of their career. Um, and you know, your your focus on success. Well, you don't want to leave success up to anybody but yourself. And I found too often corporate executives were defining success by what the company wanted. So I'm trying to switch that um, to make sure that nobody falls through the cracks and ever finds himself blindsided again. That's amazing. And that's my passion. Okay. No, that's one heck of a passion. Let's. Mm-hmm. I I got so much to ask you. I really want to ask you about some success, some suggested topics your your media team sent over. I want to ask you about the 18 years on the backside of what you. I really want to ask so much, but I have to double back from actively listening and talk about this rig system because it mm-hmm. is okay. Mm-hmm. So can you go into detail with that? about how the system is rigged and also how you help people find their way through the rigged system. Yep. Yep. So so here's the biggest um, – I mean, if you talk to anybody who has, has been in job search in the last five years, their level of frustration has peaked. There's no doubt about it. Yep. And the system – has created, you know, on the one hand, you see Indeed and, and Recruiter.com and all these companies pushing, LinkedIn for that matter, pushing out these postings and here's all these jobs. So the, everybody says, oh, look, there's a job. It's a perfect fit for me. And they apply and they hear nothing, crickets. Um, sometimes they'll get a first call and then ghosted, literally ghosted. So you tell executives who are taking time out, um, to talk to somebody and spend time with them, and then they never hear back. And they don't realize that many of those job postings are, for the most part, in some instances, what I call check-the-box postings. And what I mean by that is this, that today it is very important for companies to promote from within. Um, that's how they improve engagement, and that's how they get high scores on the best places to work. So they know that they need to try to groom and, and promote from within. Well, they also know that they want to make sure that that person from within gets buy-in from the organization. So they post a job, and outsiders apply and say, oh, it's a perfect fit for me. And then they find out, guess what? They already have that internal candidate. They just wanted to be able to say, well, we tried to find somebody better on the outside, but for sure, Mike's the best person we can possibly have for this role. <laughs> so that person's on the outside going, I don't know why I don't hear from anybody. Um, I mean, I can tell you, I've talked to so many clients that have come to me afterwards, and they've said, I'm so frustrated, it's so hard. And then the next thing I hear is, you know, I've been applying and applying and applying, and I get nowhere. And that's the reason. Now, it's different for very early stage. You know, entry-level positions, those are more likely to, to be posted and, right. and be for, for real. But once you get 
to a, a higher level of management and middle management and, and higher, that is absolutely not the case. And it just leads to frustration. But even worse, um, you know, when when you get anywhere, you can get halfway through the process and then you, you'll just go silent. They they bring you out for an interview, they have a phone interview or face-to-face, and then you hear nothing. And it's like, well, we've decided, no, we just didn't bother to, to tell you. Very, wow. very frustrating. Happens all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Let me okay, so let's let's get real here. Well, we're already real, but let's get <laughs> we're real. Yeah, yeah, let's get yeah. real er. We're gonna go deeper. And you 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 stalk me for weeks like I stalk you. I mm-hmm. most certainly am an expert in cognitive behavioral therapy and mm-hmm. things like that. And mm-hmm. there is something I noticed. Now in my job, well, in my company I have a twenty two dollar minimum wage. I do that mm-hmm. on purpose. The janitor gets paid twenty two dollars an hour minimum wage that's on purpose because well hell that's just like that's what it should be right? the right thing to it's do so absolutely <laughs> yeah yep. yes, that's the right thing to do i was going to say something else but let's mm-hmm. just call a spade spade right thing to do mm-hmm. here's what i've noticed i noticed this when i got my bachelor's i noticed when i got my master's and i noticed it as i'm hiring i noticed that women have an unfair mark on their backs when it comes to hiring and I'm going to get in trouble when I say this, but I need to call out men. Men, we suck. And here's the deal. This is what I noticed, and I'll let you disagree or agree. Mm-hmm. I see in my perception that a man gets to apply for a job that has 3,000 open positions and then 33 men apply. Mm-hmm. I also see from my same experience one woman applies for a job that has one person they're going to hire, excuse me, and 3,000 women have to apply for that one job that only one person is going to hire there. And it seems as if we have rigged a system to where women are forced to compete for jobs versus men just to get to walk right through. Is there any validity to that? I I think it can happen, and, and this is the important thing to know. Anything is possible because even though we have laws that say we can't discriminate by age, we can't discriminate by sex, we can't discriminate against a handicap, we all know that there are ways around those laws. Oh, right? yeah. So, so it's nice they're on the books, but, you know, they're not being enforced. And, and, and so to answer your question, I think sometimes it's very difficult mm-hmm. for a woman to be hired, especially – if the hiring manager just isn't comfortable, right, and looks at that yeah. person and has a, pre- a prejudice about, I don't think women are as smart. I don't think women can handle this pressure. Yep. I mean, that happens. So the important thing to step back and remember is that you're not really being discriminated against by the company. You're being interviewed through the prism of that person and their mm. preconceived notions. That's good. That's right. Really, really so good. they look yeah. and say, oh, you know, I, boy, I don't know. This is going to be a lot of pressure and they're going to have to work really late. And they're already justifying why it's going to be hard for you to have that job. Now, yeah. I, I, I started kiddingly to give my ages of my um, of my years. And, and so I'm not a, a young <laughs> folk, but I can tell you that back in a long time ago, um, when I was being hired, it was often, oh, well, you have two children. Yeah. You won't be able to handle the, the workload that we're going to have for you. I mean, they yeah. literally said yeah. that to me. 
Um, and yeah. I can absolutely tell you that um, there was a lot of discrimination. Now, on the other side, people come to me all the time and say, well, I think there's age discrimination. And I, I look at them and I say, there absolutely is. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. There will be yeah. people who believe that you aren't going to be able to handle the, the pressure of the job. But sure. it's more sure. what they're really concerned about, Antonio, is for the most part, except for those people who are already, you know, already right. always listening to hear that, you know, women aren't capable of doing this and men at this age won't have the energy. What they, the others that are open to being, if you will, um, you, where you could change their mind, what they're looking for, honestly, is how is your energy level? And number two, how is your, are you technologically savvy? Because every mm. job today is a technology job, period, end of story. Yeah, right? that's true. So, that's true. And even yeah. the janitor to these days with all the electronics. No, you're machines, absolutely right. right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so they look at somebody and say, are they going to be relevant, and and are they going to be relevant to the millennials and the younger folks that they're that are in this company as well? So so yes, I think women get unfairly, um, especially in the technology space. They they make some uh, headway, but I wish more of them would just get fed up and raise some money and start their own company because um, it's a hard road in certain in certain sectors. It really is, and I. Mm, we probably shouldn't talk about this, but I'm going to because it's you, you seem like such an expert at this. Not only do women have it tough, but there's a certain woman who has it more tough than anybody else, and we won't admit it, but mm-hmm. it's, it seems yep. to be true. So I'm trying yep. to watch this. Political yep. I, right now. <laughs> between you and me, I be, I agree. Um, you know that old, yes. You know they always say women have to work twice as hard, do half as much, oh, yeah. and and what you yep. just shared—that's a ten x requirement, there, right? <laughs> yeah, it honestly yes. is. Um, and and yeah. I think there's another issue. You know, a woman, and, and this is well documented, but a woman will look yeah. at a job description and will say, "Oh, look at there. There's ten things that they want, and they're missing one." and they won't bother to to go after the job. I want to talk to you about your goals and your dreams. What are you waiting for? You waiting for someone to dress you in success? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Life was meant to be about laughter, joy, and abundance. There's no shortage of money, and success is your moral obligation, but you're still in the thinking mode. Haven't quite worked your way to saying yes. It's time for you to work, grind. Your business needs you to move from a walk to a run. You have been praying for this opportunity. You've been waiting for owners who will look out for your best interest and send most of the money back into the field. Well, ATS is that company. This is what you have been praying for. So now it's on you. Will you care enough about your business to actually take all the freshman level classes? Will you care enough about your business to move towards the sophomore classes and beyond? Over here, we're giving away all the information that takes you to get the six and seven figures and beyond. Over here, we're not satisfied until 97% of our company is actually making money. We're not looking to get rich. We're looking to make you rich. And by default, we'll share an experience of that success with you. You will learn how to do all social media ads. Here, you will learn how to get on a sales call and convert energy into income. Here, you will learn how to code your own app for your business, set up your social media pages, and learn how to build million-dollar sales funnels. And we will give all that information to every single person who wants it. If you want to quadruple your retirement, 
this is the place. If you want to bring a customer into the company and have the company do most of the work for you to keep them paying you every single month, this is the place. If you want to benefit from the company's success, this is the place. If you want a company to email your customers money-making tips every single day that keeps them loyal to your downline, this is the place. You and I both know the world and how we used to make money, it has changed. You and I both know that all the tactics that you used to use to produce good results, they don't work the way they once did. How many people do you know that have not adjusted to this information age and now they are out of business? Ask yourself, how much more time do you have to waste and be out of business? Here's my advice to you. Stop passing up on opportunities because you're afraid to take another loss. Fear is the enemy of wealth, and comfort is the repellent of millions. Will you answer the call? Or will you just get excited and be like, wow, this is a great video, and do nothing? The choice is yours. Let us celebrate your retirement. Let us celebrate your millions. Let us celebrate you and break you through the glass. This is ATS, and this is your moment. Um, a man will look at the same position and have three of the ten and say, well, this job's for me, and off they go. And it's that confident factor that, that, they, yeah. that they're relying on, right? Well, it makes sense because psychologically, mm-hmm. kind of back into my territory, I mean, women have been taught by society, be, be pretty and wait for me to come pick you. Yep, right? exactly like, right. right. You, you, you exactly were taught right. to conquer. You were taught to wait till mm-hmm. you qualify for a husband to yep. come pick you from his litter of the pick, right? Isn't that crazy? So of you might as well go in the puppy <laughs> yeah. mill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, um, no, that's good. Go I just go posted something on LinkedIn about women in sports. Um, it was a really good article. And, and, you know, women who play sports growing up are much more – um, confident, much more likely to be that you know competitive player in business. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a big, big advantage for, um, especially to play not just team sports. The team sports really help because you get that whole um, magic of of the team sure. environment. But even individual sports. Um, my granddaughter is a big tennis player, and you know certainly teaches you confidence, et cetera, to go out there and face that opponent. So I think that's a. Um, I, I wish more girls would be pushed into sports growing up um, that are and stay with it long enough to really have that influence. Absolutely. I'm following you on LinkedIn right now. I just sent you an invite, right? Uh, you'll, talk I, I, I'll consider. <laughs> I sure appreciate you. <laughs> now, let's, let's talk, because I can say, now, in, in fairness, I mean, this before my audience knows this, I'm a huge egalitarian. I am so big on women's rights. Like, I'm such a women ally. I really am. So some of this is coming from a biased perspective, right, because mm-hmm. I want women mm-hmm. to get what they deserve. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, some of that was just being objective. What are some – and you know what? Do me a favor, and, and, and I know you're not, but let's go awesome answers to this next question. What are some interview tips, kind of going backwards in the interview already, that mm-hmm. you can give, because you mentioned the energy that someone gives off, right? And yep. Yep. the person had, the hiring manager has prisms and self-constructs and all that stuff. Yep. What are some tips that you can give us when we go apply for a job? What are things that we we know and don't know that we should do to get a leg up in that job? Yeah. 
So the the first thing you'll like this because the the first thing I I really focus on when I'm coaching people for interview is on their mindset. And I know that's a big focus Good. for you. Um, in, in my book, I say this, and I believe it with all my heart, confidence, a mindset drives your confidence, and your confidence drives your destiny. So what I say first is if you want to do well in that interview, you've got to go in with that bulletproof mindset where you're saying, this isn't, they have something I need, and I'm the lesser than in this discussion, but we're going in as equals. They have a job that I'm looking to to see if they will hire me for. But on the other hand, they also have a problem or an opportunity that needs to be capitalized on. And in that case, they need somebody to fill that chair to make that happen. So the, the beginning of the mindset is go in realizing that you are equal, right, rather than a lesser than. Um, so yeah, that, and, yeah. and also go in – you know, just knowing that you're there exploring this opportunity just as much as they are exploring, you know, your qualifications, right? Um, and then mm-hmm. the, the the next two words I always say, if I if somebody called me up, a stranger, and said, I'm going to an interview, I'm walking in the door, what can you tell me? I would just say, be authentic. Because if you yeah. are authentic, then, and your true self comes out, and if your authenticity doesn't match what they're looking for, all you have done is dodged a bullet, all we know wow. is that you didn't take a job that was not going to be a good fit for you. But if you go in and try to to answer the questions the way you think they want them to be answered and to behave the way you think, and it's not your authentic self, let's be honest, you're not going to be able to continue that facade <laughs> forever. So yeah. eventually the disconnect is going to be there. So authenticity is one of the things that helps you um, in an interview really kind of separate yourself from the you know the um, being in a job that turns out not to be a good fit, wow. right? Um, yeah. The next thing about interviewing is it goes back to what I was saying. I always uh, my mantra is it is far more personal than you think, because the person interviewing you, you're really interviewing with a person, and what they're really thinking somewhere deep inside is, will this person make or break my career? I'm going to hire this person, wow. and they're going to come in and do their job well, and that shines light well on me or not. So everybody thinks, oh, they're trying to see if I'm going to be the right fit. No, nope. at the end of the day, will they make me look good or will they not make me look good, right? Um, and wow. then I, I coach people going in to look at the person that you're interviewing with, look at your their career history. Because if you've had a career where you've had frequent changes, you know, you, you were two years here and three years there and two years there, for all for valid reasons, but the person that you're talking to has been in the same job for five, seven, ten years and, on, and in the same company, they're not necessarily going to really understand how, why does somebody move around. So you already know going in, you're prepared to understand that they're seeing you through all they can see you through is their level of experience. Their their world looks like this and yours doesn't, yeah, right? That's right. Um, so yeah. that's really important. Um, the other thing uh, uh, to use LinkedIn and, and use it properly is you look and see if this is the uh, person has only been in the role for a few months, right, or less than a year, let's say. I always yeah, right, right. Uh, work with my clients, and I go on to LinkedIn, and we see and, and identify whether you are very likely to be that person's first hire, if you are, it is going to be a much, much more rigorous process because they don't want to make a mistake on their first hire. That makes sense. Right? That makes and and what, they're, what you've got to convince them in that interview isn't just, oh, I know how to do this and I know how to do that, but you have to convince them that you're going to have their back. Look, I'm going to come in here and mm. I, I'm going to have your back. Now, I have a, 
a question um, that I always – I have two magic questions that I always have people ask at the end of interview when, I, when I'm in my coaching clients. And the first question is – it's another way, you know, a lot of people want to ask um, – Oh, questions like what are the, what qualities um, are you looking for in a candidate or you know something like that. Well, the way I like to ask a similar, but I always want my questions to send a message. So the first question I ask is um, if you think about the people on your team who you can really count on, what are their qualities and characteristics? Because now you've That's sent good. a message that you want to be the person, a person that they can really count on. And that's a really important question when that person that you're interviewing with is, the, um, is, is making their first hire in a new job, right? Yeah. The, the other um, question that I ask at the end, how the clients ask at the end is, um, it's a little, it's something, um, again, I know because of your background in psychology, you'll know this, um, you know, uh, if a realtor takes you to a home, they always say, hey, can't you see yourself in front of that fireplace? And what do you think about cooking a big steak on that grill, right? So they're trying to put you in the scene. Well, you want to do that in the interview, at the end of the interview. And, and the question I, I have people ask is, you know, let's fast forward, and I have been in this role for 12 months, and I am far exceeding your expectations. What will be the impact of that success for you personally, for the mm. department, and for the company as a whole. So That's what, really good. what we've done is say, look, I want to exceed your expectations, and I understand that I'm here to make you look good, the department look good, and to serve the company as a whole. And I can tell you that my clients get amazing answers to those questions. And they usually the yeah, first, they do. <laughs> yeah, and the first response they usually get is, no one's ever asked me that before. And that's my whole um, focus on, on interviewing and any part of the, the job search process. Um, there's a wonderful author by the name of Sally Hogshead, and I love her mantra, which is, which is different is better than better. So you want to go in and show up differently in your interview than just better than the last candidate. You want to be, yeah. have a different podcast than everybody else who has podcasts. It's the same kind Thanks. of concept, right? So that's, that's another part of the, of the process. So you notice I'm not saying, you know, gee, ask this question or, or you know, be yeah. ready to answer this question. What I want you to be ready is to have a conversation and to be able to share stories, specific stories, that match up to the requirements that that position has. So not just, yes, I'm very good at, at um, uh, uh, let's say, multitasking, but, well, you know, my last job, I had this, 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 and this, and we actually had deadlines like that, and you tell a little story, and then they get, they, they believe that you really are good because they're hearing the story, and they remember that story vividly when you leave the room. Okay, we got so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we, we really yeah. do. Let me let, let me let me just let's let's just pause for station identification. Yep. No, I'm just joking. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> take a breath. She is killing this interview. Okay, she is absolutely. And by killing, I mean you have received so much value. She's not trying to sell herself. She just gave away one of her secrets about asking. The question that people say, "Oh my God, no one ever asked me that." That was fantastic. That was worth the price of admission, even though this was free, right? That was mm -hmm. really, really good. It really was. Which you give me about four or five questions, and I want to chase every rabbit trail. I really do. So let's 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 have you chase all the rabbit trails. Rabbit trail number one: How do you suggest we get hired in a recession 
because it's going to happen and it's going to be terrible. Mm. It is. Um, I think that it's in a, in a sense it's no it's no different. It, it goes back to that different is better than better. So what do you think was mm-hmm. going on in a recession? The person that you're interviewing with probably wanted three people in his department or her department and can only hire one. So you've wow. got to prove that you can do more than just one, that you are going to be a, a, an all-around player for them, <clears throat> that you can really perform. And, and he's got to, that person has got to be sitting there, and he or she has to be thinking, yep, this is the person that can do this, this, and this, and I need that all-around player. So they don't need the special teams. At that point, they need more of an all-around player, right? right. Um, so it, it's just really important being able to go in and really establish how you are different and how you will add value. And by the way, um, you know, that that's where I, I don't think people do enough uh, research on um, companies when they're – companies and industries when they're prepping. Unfortunately, too much they just look at the website um, and not yep. go a little bit deeper. So if you're sitting there and you demonstrate and you say to them, look – I know we're in a recession, and I notice that your competitors have still been able to do X, Y, and Z, but you've been falling behind. And I think that if I were in this chair, I could do A, B, and C. All of a sudden, they're going, wow, this person's really done their homework. They must really want this role, right? So yeah. the, doing the research and then sharing that with them and letting them know that you've done it, um, you get sort of what I call the, the extra credit for that, right? Um, so yeah. in, a, in a recession, they want people who are knowledgeable, they want people who can hit the ground running, and they want people who can do more than one, be a, a more than one type player and not be somebody who says, this is my job. So when you're interviewing, you want to be telling stories about how you have carried the weight of more than one area of expertise. So I was, I was responsible for this, but I saw a need over here, and I jumped into that. That's the kind of story that is going to be meaningful during a recession. Wow. Okay, so I can tell both our brains are firing fast and we're fast <laughs> yeah. thinkers. And the universe has literally set you next to my next question, which also sets up my third question, which is TED Talk question. Mm-hmm. Because please know I've watched your TED Talk twice, oh, okay, because you're coming on my podcast. Well, I would not, right? <laughs> but <laughs> second question. Now, what I really am is I'm the money guy. I'm the guy that is crazy enough out here to create. Uh, my, my, my goal is to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. Mm. Not a hundred thousand, but if I die, mm-hmm. I create eight. Hey, <laughs> nothing wrong with that, right? That's right, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like your all. mission. That's it. That's it. And mm-hmm. I was broke my whole life, and what I really do better than any. That's why I even got into the psychology because I understood that people's mindsets are keeping them from wealth. Period. Point yep. blank. So yep. now I have a wealth question for you. Mm-hmm. What is? But it's you get it. How important is it? for candidate X to convince hiring manager A that I am here not just to make you look good, but to add to an emphasis on this company's bottom line. Like I'm applying here for this specific company for this reason because I want to help you make this amount of money. How important is that to come across that? Well, two of those things are critical, and that is every – company when they're talking to a candidate wants to understand whether they ask it openly or not they want to understand why this company and why this job 
So I always okay. tell my clients, if they don't ask that que- those questions, you need to convey it. And it can't just be, I, want, I like your company because I, I align with your values. It has to be, <laughs> I, you know, I've studied your company. I've looked at the competition. It could be, one of, it could be this way. It could be I've looked at the competition. You're number two. And, and when I look at your products and, and the services that you're offering, there's no reason for that. I want to come in and make this company mm. number one. That's why I want to be mm-hmm. here. So it's that, mm-hmm. that, his, that research makes you powerful in, in what you're saying. Now, at the end of the day, yes, it's important. You think about it this way. Yes, it's important that you convey that in that you're going to add value to the company and, and you know, raise, bring the sales to where they need and make them more competitive. And if they're number one, then you're going to talk about keeping them number one and making sure that they remain number one. And, and that's really important. But honestly, at the end of the day, the person who you're interviewing with is sitting there figuring out that if their bonus is is tied to 30% of that extra money that you bring in, they're already doing the math for that. <laughs> that's good. Right? I didn't think about that. That's really good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Keep going. That's really good. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the bottom line because it's, it's, we're just human. It's, it's human nature. They're not going to sit there and say, yes, I'm going to hire you. Um, wh- whether I like you or not or whether I think, you know, you're going to be good on my team, I can see you're going to do well for the company, so I'm going to hire you, seldom happens, only if they're yeah. pressured. No, no doubt, right? But, mm-hmm. but if I know you're going to add to my – like if you're going to take me and secure my quarterly bonuses yep. or monthly bonuses, hell yeah, I'm hiring, right? Or my promotion. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I want to be CEO yeah. and I need you to come in and, and do a great job so that I can point to that and get to my next rung on the ladder. Okay. So without, because I'm, I'm actually going to get into your book and your TED Talk now. Mm-hmm. But, well, you know what? I was going to do it anyway. So this is a perfect segue. How would you position one of your clients because you have a, a seven-step process. I know it's seven. I can't remember off the top of my head, uh-huh. but you have this brilliant – okay, so you know what I'm talking about. How well, I have, I have a four-step methodology for my coaching, and and then there's seven kind of seven secrets because, you know, what my TED Talk um, was all about really is getting people to understand that I don't care if you uh, receive a W-2 at the end of the year and have a salary – Everybody mm-hmm. needs to realize and think I'm really in a gig, right? So yeah. you, the reason I say that they're in a gig and, and the essence of the, of the talk that I provided was, look, if in 1965 companies stayed on the S&P 500 for 33 years, wow, you know, that's, that's quite a, a feat, right? But in um, 1990, that was down to 20 years. And by 2027, which is, what, seven years from now, essentially, it's going to be down to 12 years. So if companies are only, you know, thriving um, for 12 years, that means the disruption is just speeding up, which means yeah. the disruption for individuals. If companies are disrupted, the people in the companies are disrupted, right? So right. My, yeah, my passion is to get people to, to, to think and act like a gigger because giggers are nimble. Giggers are more adaptable, and there are qualities and characteristics that they, that individuals and companies, if they grab on to these seven habits of giggers, they are much more likely to be successful um, in, in their roles today because they really are in a gig. And, and it doesn't mean you're going to be an Uber driver. It just means that every job is, is going to last three to five years at best, and then the company will be disrupted, and they'll have to uh, make changes. That's right. That's yeah. right. I'm glad you bring that up because I 
am super disruptive. I only invest in disruptive companies, and I only create disruptive companies. Let's give you two examples here real quick, and then we can jump off of there. I currently own the Netflix of education is what it's called. And I basically, I, okay, I became a millionaire, reverse engineered it. Now I teach people how to become millionaires. Boom. Yeah. Then I just started a multi-level marketing company, a network marketing company. It's the first time I'm selling this podcast that has no distributors. So that means there's no recruitment involved. I got rid of all the distributor fees, so it's free to join, and there's no auto ship whatsoever because the goal is to create 100,000 millionaires, not to pretend right. I did, right? Right. So now, garage. <laughs> exactly, right? Yep. Have all these products in the garage, and here you're making me a millionaire. So now I'm yep. disrupting the multi-level marketing uh, aspect and industry as well. So I'm disrupting online education. I'm disrupting MLM. How would you tell one of someone applying to my job or my company, how would you tell them to talk to me knowing two things are for sure? Well, three things. I'm looking for excellent people. Duh, that's like number one. I'm also looking for people who can adapt to me staying disruptive so I'm never disrupted. Because mm-hmm. that's the point of my company, right? I'm like yep. Jeff Bezos. I will buy you before you disrupt me. Right. <laughs> you know? right. So right. how do you and that's constant change. It's always uncomfortable yeah. around yep. here. Yep. How do you tell them to communicate with me to survive in such a disruptive atmosphere and a business that really shouldn't exist but it does and that's the normal businesses now? Yeah, no one, anybody who would be talking to you about that role would have to already have a track, a demonstrated track record of disruption. That they worked in disrupted companies or or went into companies. I I was a disruptor in in my career. I was in corporate America and then said, the heck with this, I'm going to get outside. But, um, you know, I had that disrupted personality in the sense of I wasn't breaking dishes, but um, I really challenged the status (laughs) quo, right? So I would want, first of all, if I was talking to somebody who had spent their entire career at Xerox, um, I wouldn't suggest that they talk to you because it's not likely they could convince you, right? And and it's also if they spent their entire career there, they were not disruptors. No offense. There there mm. there's good reason that some people um stayed there, but it it's just they wouldn't be a disruptor. So that's number one. Um number two, they would have to be able to tell you specific instances of in the past, number one, because they have to tell you their history of specific instances where they challenged the status quo, they were disruptive, and they would have to prove to you that they were going to challenge you because you don't want some, you can't be a disruptor and hire people who won't step up to you and say, I don't that's think right. that's the direction we should take. So I would coach them to be very forward in, in, and brave in their, in their interviewing, not to hold back, not to be disrespectful, of course, right. but to, you know, that authenticity, it, to be their right. authentic self and to challenge you in the interview um, so that you would see that you, they would push back because the CEO wants somebody, good, a good CEO, not everybody, but a good yeah. CEO wants somebody who's going to push back. Absolutely, and if, and for anyone telling me this is this, let's just jump off the interview and drop a nugget real quick. If you are a lifetime member of Xerox, you already lost me in the first place because mm-hmm. Xerox mm-hmm. did not protect their name. Right. They right. were so synonymous with business that they did not capitalize off of it, and they were disruptive. Right? You're right. just losing me already right there. Right. In the first right. place, I love that. So how would you? So so let's take that 
same energy, that same question, and flip it on my side. Now, now you have to coach me, okay? Mm -hmm. So how would you teach me to find the right person that I need to hire? Because I know you do that as well because you kind of drop hints in your TED Talk that you can. Yeah, I did recruiting for 18 years, so I was working that side and sitting down with a CEO, and I would, my first thing is I would tell, tell you that the only place that if, if you were going to hire me to recruit for you, the only place that I would want to look for people would be disrupted companies because I know yeah. that they already have an environment where that person has proved that they're successful in that, right? I wouldn't yeah. look, you know, I always said if, if you were working for Toys R Us, um, they taught you how to put toys on shelves long, you know, long after Amazon was truck was driving by their stores and delivering millions of dollars worth of toys around the city. You were still being taught to put boxes on shelves, and you Crazy. thought that was a good idea. No way that I would send tell you to interview somebody like that. So I'd want somebody, and I would ask you to think about to think differently about you know, like so for this, you wouldn't want to go probably to another MLM company for that new role because they know how to mm -hmm. do the way MLM does, right? So yep. to begin with, you know, a whole um, ability to end a search well is to start it well. So you have to start with where are we going to look for these people? Where are we going to find, and here's the magic word that you'll like, where are we going to find the right mindset? Because this isn't about yeah. the right expert expertise. You can train that. But where are you going to find that nimbleness, that agility, that yep. person who says, well, there must be a way? Because in, in the kind of business that you're talking about, that's the kind of attitude. And, the, and not the person who says, well, there must be a way, but it's not my job. Uh-uh. So you've got yep. to find um, the, the companies that are already being disrupted, and you've got to find somebody who has the right mindset for that. And, and again, the confidence to challenge um, you and to challenge everything that you're looking at, to always say, let's make sure this is the right answer. W wait a minute, just th does this look a little bit too much like that? Um, and is this really disrupting, right? Because that's the, the name of the game these days, disruption, disruption. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I think you and that, that, that was a great blessing. And that, that, that's just one of you. You're, uh, you got me. I'm, I'm on fire right now. I'm literally walking around. <laughs> good. The tea lab. It's, it's, yeah, this is so good. Because and let me tell you why that was so good. Because you described the you, you gave me the right personality. I mean, the right mindset. And you gave the, the interviewer the my interviewee the right mm -hmm. mindset as well. Mm -hmm. Because even though we're moving dollars and, and, and millions and also it gets difficult around here because mm -hmm. for plenty of reasons. For one, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be disrupted. I can't stress that enough. Like you're not, you're not about to, you know, do something, be some new technology that I'm not paying attention to. You understand? This is not going to happen yep. because you here. You are in some audience that I don't care about. Yeah, I do. I care about them now because you care about them, right? So yeah. I'm going to either adapt to that have a meeting with you, or I'm going to grow and then walk in Monday morning and change my whole company immediately. Yep. And yep. I need a certain type of people <laughs> yep. that will just change on a dime like that. Would you like to add to that or, or say something to that? Before yeah, I, what, I, what I want to add to is when you're talking to that person, the most important question that you're going to ask is what do you want for yourself personally over the next yeah. three to five years? What do you want personally? Because if they – and it doesn't mean that they – you. 
they may say, I don't need to be a millionaire, but I want to be able to make this impact, whatever it is, you want to be yep. listening for that answer. And then if you want that person to really excel in your company, then you hire them and you develop a plan that enables them to fill their dream and they'll fill yours. Wow. And you know what? The last part I do, but I actually got that from Joel Osteen. In two thousand twelve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, two thousand twelve I did a two year in, two year internship with Joel mm-hmm. Joel Osteen Lakewood Church. Mm-hmm. And his culture is fulfill the dream of others, and then yep. you'll automatically fulfill my dreams. And that's how I learned that by accident, right? But a great leader taught me that. So there you go. Yep. Okay. We got a lot to talk about still. But let's yep. go to your TED Talk real quick. And we've, we've kind of hinted at it. Well, we kind of touched on it. But there was a section where well, there's a bunch of sections. You talk about SNL, talk about a lot of stuff. But I want to talk about when you threw up on the screen the top $10 billion companies. Yeah. And uh, – you you had a reason for it. Let me see if I can set you up kind of sort of, but I want you to go deeper into what you're talking about. And basically your premise was here are disruptive companies. They have disruptive companies. And you know what? Don't get too comfortable with them because they might be disrupted too. That's yeah. kind of yeah. your, your thing there. Why don't you go into some more detail and break that down to us. And you can say whatever you want to say there, but I definitely want to hear more about that. Yeah, so what I was – part of what I was trying to get um, to build up people's understanding of how short a time companies are remaining successful, so why are they only 20 years, uh, you know, on the S&P 500? And the answer is, well, there, there came along um, disruptors, right, that were unicorns, right? So that was yep. in 2013. Oh, the unicorns. So those were companies that um, reached a billion in, in uh, valuation, right? But shortly after that, within – nanoseconds along comes the decacorns so the the what it is such a new time to have companies mm-hmm. every before everybody caught their breath um looking at the unicorns the decacorns came in that was the ubers and um you know we work and and airbnb which are some of the best known in those in that top 10 list right so those companies are coming along and looking at everything differently and disrupting. So part of it is I think everybody needs to sit back and look at the companies that they're working for, where they are now or where they're targeting, and say, could an Uber-like company disrupt this? And and if you want to be with a disrupted company, you want to look for who's already nipping at their heels. And if you want yep. to, if you prefer to be with a company that you help maintain their advantage, right? So you stay with Uber and you help them be, continue to be the dominant player. Then that's great. But you want to understand that <laughs> that this, these changes are. I, I mean, companies. Everybody's talking about the kids graduating from college and what they need to be prepared for, and it's like, how could they even know? They'll graduate from college in 2020, and five years from now, there will be jobs that aren't even thought of right now, companies that aren't even thought of right now within three to five years of when they graduate. So much of what they learn is only going to be used as that was was good learning. Learning how to learn is good. I get that. But the skills, et cetera, who knows what we're going to need? Who who could yep. have predicted Airbnb, SpaceX, and those that are ours, the mm-hmm. Decacorn? So, you know, for people looking at um, kids coming out of college, like, oh, where do I want to, you know, go for the rest of my life? It's like, don't even worry about that. Figure out what you want to do for the next three to five years and how you can make an impact, um, because who knows if those companies will be around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is what makes you – out in front of people, which now is a perfect segue into 
some some suggested topics that you're already expert at. So let's talk first about seven habits you must have to secure to secure your career and financial future for life. Yep. Break that down because now we're in perfect segue there. That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, um, and and these seven things are are lined up with what I believe are the the strengths of giggers, right? So giggers versus the way corporate executives typically think, right? So the first one is that you need, you must cultivate and curate a broad community, right? So Mm. what does that mean? Most people cobble together a network or they they call it a network and it's more a database, right? Whether it's their LinkedIn connections or whatever. But my concept is, wait a minute, you want to be looking ahead at what's on the forefront, what's the leading edge that's going on out there, and you want to um, actively curate a network into that direction so that you're not caught flat-footed. So let me give you a really good um, example of this. I was at the TED Talk. I had a um, I, I moderated a table at, at, at lunch, and okay. there were some people there from Home Depot. And, of course, it's right in my backyard here in Atlanta. And so I asked mm-hmm. them, I said, well, what part of Home Depot do you work in? And they said, well, we work in retail. I said, oh, well, that's really interesting. I said, do you like you know what you do and they said yes and and then i asked do you like the the company you know itself yes i I like it very much um and then i said just out of curiosity um who do you know on the e-commerce side of of home depot and they all looked at me like why are you asking that question and they said well i don't really know anybody and then i explained to them that home depot's retail business at the time was growing at just over five percent their e-commerce business was growing by just under 25%. So my my counsel to them was, do you think that as stores become less profitable, they're not going to keep those stores open, so retail is going to shrink and e-commerce is going to continue to grow. They're going to make greater margins there. So you need to curate a network on the e-commerce side because when they're, if they're growing at 25%, you can guarantee that they have openings over there. And they all looked at me and they said, oh, we never look at the postings inside the company. <gasps> right. Wow. So I was like, you've got to curate that. Um, and my counsel, the, the way I like to, to explain it in that instance is I said, you need to figure out who, who do you need to know and who needs to know you. And that's that curation factor. Rather than cobbling it together or leaving it up to happenstance, it requires that curation. So that's a, a real important first First thing to think about it, because most people in corporate America, their network consists of their department or their division, um, but not more expansive than that. So I want them to get out of that. Um, the other thing is that they need to be open to a wide variety of gigs while they're in their role. When I say gigs, I mean inside the company, and they need yep. to do a great job there, but not not be stuck to their job description and their desk, right? So they need to be looking around and see where else they can be contributing. They, You don't always need to stay in your own lane. As a matter of fact, it's going to probably be at a disadvantage. When you were talking about the recession, you're going to want to be someone who they know is willing and open to take on additional responsibilities outside of their job description. Giggers do yeah. that all the time. They go in and they say, oh, yeah, I can do that, and then they figure out how, right? Um, so yeah. I want I want those inside of, of a corporation or inside any size business to have uh, not have their blinders on and to be really, um, number two, is be more adaptable and open to different opportunities within their um, their same organization. Number three is is pretty much a big mindset, and it's the number one skill that people need to learn, and that is they have to be uh, 
become really good at change. Um, it, it is after, when a company is making changes and uh, and downsizing because of, of reorganization, the first people to go are the people who who have given the impression that they are not willing to change in any way, shape, or form. And those are the ones that are going to be shown the door first. They need the people that demonstrate that they are willing to change. And I'd rather see somebody become a student of change than get an advanced degree at this point because I think that's the number one skill they're going that's to true. going forward. I just right? got rid of three people who wouldn't change. I yeah. really did. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you can teach yourself. There's there's books, there's TED Talks, there's there's courses, there's anything that you can think of. There's podcasts galore, but you become a student of change instead of a student of resistance, which is what you see too much out there. Um, wow. The, the next one is that they need to put their fate in their own hands, and, and that's a real simple one. You know, giggers get up every day, and they know that they're in charge of their destiny. If they're going to pay the rent, if they're going to pay, make the car payment, if they're going to earn their – uh, living, they've got to be the one in charge, whereas, you know, you get kind of complacent and that paycheck's coming every week. Well, at the end of the day, nobody cares as much about your job as you do. Nobody cares about your financial security as much as you do. They they only, companies will only live up to the letter of their requirement, which is you've worked and I paid you. If tomorrow I don't need you, you're done. So you've got yep. to put your fate in your own hands um, and and really take responsibility for it. Um, the next one is, you know, this is interesting. You talk about um, a learning company, right? Um, my question to, to the audience, you heard me at, um, at the TED Talk, was if, if you were inside of uh, Blockbuster or um, Toys R Us and other st- companies that were dinosaurs, right, and they weren't changing and they weren't disrupting, do you think that the learning and development that they offered was literally actually going to prepare you for the future? Heck no. It was going to prepare you to be better at doing something that was already going out of, of favor, right? Yeah. So you've got to, you know, I have a self-development budget every single year, and I would rather give up one thing than, than to give up my own self-development budget, but that's because I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, right? But most corporate executives, the only um, education they get is what the company offers, and they've got to take responsibility for saying, what do I need to know that's going to prepare me for the next two to five years down the road and make sure that they take it upon themselves? And, and Lord knows, between um, Linda and, and numerous sites, they can do that, not mention you know YouTube alone, right? But it's, it's mm-hmm. really a mindset thing that they say, no, I am in charge of of what I learn and what I grow and develop and not just what is offered because what the company is offering, if they're paying for it, obviously it will be logical that the company is offering you something that is going to serve them, not you. So it's taking yeah. responsibility for that, right? Um, and then the last one is, is, is really – Kind of my favorite. It's the kind of overrides everything because you know I, I my t- under the subtitle of my book is secure your financial future. So um, I want people to create a 401me account. Um, everybody has that 401k and the company saying, hey, max it out. Well, it benefits them when you max it out. There's a tax benefit for them. Um, but then what I see is executives max out their 401k and then they have no short-term um, safety net. So what do they have to do? They have to borrow from their 401k and, and have a penalty. So all that they, they said, well, I maxed it out, so I would get those maxing matching funds. Well, it all was dissolved when they had to go after that during any time of being in transition. So my encouragement is have a 401me account. Use it for your education and use it so that um, you have a, 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 
a nest egg. Um, entrepreneurs and giggers always have some kind of a savings because it's a they don't have that reliable W-2. They have whatever they make. So I want people to have that really embedded in their mind. They have a 401Me account that helps them take care of them. And those are that. That's those are incredible. Well, that first off, that was that could have been a whole podcast in itself. Yep, yep. I <laughs> yeah, cut it. I, I did cut it short. I'm looking at the time, but those are the key points. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about your book. And I, I ah, this is just so good. We might have to get you to come back for a part two because this is just so I would love good. To. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, let me hold on. Then let me because if I don't do this now, I'm gonna step out the studio real quick. Hey, can someone tell Deanna? That Patricia needs to come back for his part two, please. Okay. Outstanding. There you go. All right, closing the studio door. All right, there you go. So it's set in stone now. Yeah. If I didn't do it now. All right, it's on. So I, look, I don't Game control on. my schedule. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Good. So awesome. we definitely got you for a part two. Now, let's I, – I really have to ask you about your book, and I want to say why should we get your book, but they you already proved that. How can your book – no, 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 no. How do we use mm. your book in addition to using this podcast to bulletproof our careers? I think yeah. that's what I want to ask. Yeah, that's perfect. I I wrote the book so that it could be read in two hours if you're a fast reader and three hours if you're um, a, a little, take a little bit more time. Every chapter ends with action to take. Um, and there's numerous uh, documents to send for that will help them to to do the exercises and make use of it. So it is a step-by-step blueprint for just for two things, for being sure that you know exactly how the game is played and how to play this rig game, and you can do the workaround that you need to do. So it, it kind of really takes you behind the curtain. Um, it gives you step-by-step for landing the right job, But the more important piece about this, and and this is the way I want people to think about it, is right now the way it happens, everybody's at some point in time been to the circus at some point in their life pretty much or seen one, and you know um, they'll be the trapeze artist and then he'll be swinging and then they'll be letting go the other (laughs) uh, trapeze for that person to grab onto, right? And what, um, what I see for most people these days is unfortunately they're they're not paying attention so they're swinging on the swing and they don't they're not even watching for that other trapeze to come at them and they fall into the net and one knows that getting falling into that net and getting back up takes quite a while and that's what's happening to people in their career so they they don't pay attention they say oh i never saw it coming and all of a sudden there's a reorganization or they uh, an acquisition um and, and they are just lost right so what happens is that they now are in, you know, in a job hunt for anywhere from three months to a year to more. I've seen people in search for 18 months if it's, if it's a higher-level job and higher compensation, right? So yeah. the book really tells you how once you land, the actions that you need to take always, that what gets scheduled gets done, you have a, a roadmap for the things that you continue to do so that you're always reaching for that next trapeze before you land in the net. And that's my, my really the, the message of this book. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So here's what I'm going to do. Since you're coming back for part two, I want you to take, and you have as long or as short as you want, you can go 
this is not a word, but I'm going to rhyme, so give me a break. (laughs) Informational, okay, informational, Mm -hmm. transformational, or educational. You get to choose however you want to do it. I'm stepping away. Well, not literally, but, you know, this is now your moment. You get to tell us whatever you want to tell us for however long you want to tell us. Shape your narrative. Tell your story. Get your message across. Final words on you. Awesome. I uh, The first thing I want to tell everybody is you must seek clarity in your own direction, right? So clarity is, is step one. The second thing you must do is bulletproof your mindset and take control. That's so important. And the mindset is everything. A mindset is more important than your resume and your 100%. So um, have clarity, have a bulletproof mindset, and then um, schedule yourself as a priority for the rest of your career. Don't say, I'm too busy. What you're really saying is, I'm too busy to protect myself, and you literally do need to protect yourself. Um, Follow those seven um, strategies that I've uh, shared, and be ready to be ready always. If you don't need to move on, great, but I don't want anybody to not be ready to be ready for their next role. That is the most essential skill um, that goes right along with change. So um, if, if everybody on this call um, would do that, it will be an amazing transformation of people's careers. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, in the show notes is all her information, bio, how to buy the book, how to shop from her. I'm asking you. As your host, friend, slash mentor, take your love for me and impute it on Patricia. She deserves it. All she did was add considerable value to you, your life, your career. At the very least, share this podcast episode with someone. Actually, let's make it three people you know who in the job industry and may need to hear this advice because that is the most fantastic thing you can do. At least be a blessing by sharing this message. Well, Patricia, I can't wait to part two. And I'm I can't either. Gonna... Thank you so much. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're no, so generous with your time um, and with sharing me with your audience. And you're right. I mean, I just I, I, I walk around all day looking for places to add value. So it was wonderful that this is a place that I got to stop by. I sure appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you almost like TEDx, but my platform is kind of big, 2.3 million, but not as 24 million people like them. But Patricia Rambaletti, she is a genius and an expert in her own right. You can plant better. You can dominate. I have felt so much in life. I've been so evil. I've done everything in life to mess it up. And I have, I have completely messed this life up. And then I changed. And then I start applying things that I didn't know, but I always knew. You call it the law of attraction. Or maybe you don't. Or maybe you're religious and maybe you're not. Here is what I know. I know that we all have a karmic debt to pay off. And I have either paid mine off or almost off. 
And now I dedicate my entire life to you. Please know that as my life is dedicated to you, it means I get beat up a lot. But that's what this is about. It is about people like me putting their gains at risk for you. Crazy thing about life is once we get enough, whatever enough means, you're a politician, it's enough votes, someone likes money, enough money, whatever enough is, you're a pastor, enough members, we tend to protect it. This podcast is not about protection, it is about you. I sincerely believe in you. I know you're going to be it, I know you're going to do it, whatever that is for you. There are no mistakes. I want you to share this podcast, but not for personal gain. I want you to share it because I am giving you my every being so you can turn around and do the same for others. I give away me, and then you give away you. I lower me so you can stand on my shoulders, and then you return the favor and you lower yourself. So someone else will stand on your shoulders and then voila, no one is lower than the other because we've all lowered ourselves. Finally, the music in this podcast that you're going to hear, I hope it gets stuck in your head. It's actually from my favorite movie, Cloud Atlas. It's a cover. It's not the original version, but it sounds just like it. Cloud Atlas is a great movie by the Wachowskis. My second favorite movie is The Matrix, but that has nothing to do with this right now. It is about repeating the same mistakes. And so I'm hoping subconsciously that as you repeat the same mistakes, Cloud Atlas is mostly about ascending from those mistakes. So I'm hoping the words, the music, Melody, everything helps you ascend to where you're supposed to be, which is where you've always agreed you wanted to be before you got there. I love you. This is the secret to success law of attraction. I really, really know that this will be a blessing, a lifesaver to many people. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't plan better. You can die. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world. Not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training and I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person. For those job 
positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter. R E C R U I T E R ZipRecruiter dot com slash B to B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter dot com slash B to B. It's also in the show notes.